the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For the last week or so, we have been focusing on the one question, can a true believer ever be lost? We've come to the conclusion and an answer, and we'll talk about it next on Truth For Today. Can a true believer ever be lost? That is the question we've been focusing on for the last couple of weeks. Here on Truth For Today, as we've continued with our series, simply called Life Forever in Jesus Christ, The Faith Life. Our time together today, we'll take a look at this question. We've come away with an answer, but why is this answer so important for you and I as believers in Christ? What is the significance of understanding and living out the truth of eternal security. Glad you asked. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with a few answers on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We've been looking at God's part in keeping you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And uh, today we want to look at the other side. Do true believers continue to the end or do they wash out? Or what do we do with those who wash out? Uh, do uh, Do we then conclude that even though God chose them, was keeping them, loved them, uh, put them in his hand, uh, promised they'd permanently stand in grace, even though the son died and applied his blood to their heart, was raised on account of their justification, uh, intercedes for them, his own, and uh, defends them when they're accused. And can the work of the Spirit that regenerates be undone? Can his indwelling be ended when he said he'd be in us forever? Can it be ended by us? Uh, can our place in the body of Christ ever be ended? And he puts us out of the body. And can the sealing work of the Spirit be broken? At least 14 things God does to keep honorary sinners like you and I. That uh, you being a sinner has never caught God on surprise. He's made a lot of provision for it. And... Uh, What we commonly call the security of the believers, the reformers back in the Reformation never used that language. Now, Catholicism always believed you can lose it and threatened you with excommunication for a mortal sin if you didn't make the right uh, moves to come back to the church, have the priests forgive you. But when the Reformation took place and they came out of Rome, then... We start all over again. What is the biblical teaching? Well, 
something that they never used, the reformers would never use the word eternal security. That, that term comes primarily from Southern Baptist uh, that coined that. It's a good phrase, but it's been abused because it has many connotations. I'm secure no matter how I live. That's how most people take it. Oh, you're saying it doesn't matter how you live, you're eternally secure. So, uh, or it may uh, give images of passivity. Now that I'm saved, uh, I can just kind of go to sleep because it's all on God. I don't have any part to play in it. And so a passivity in the believer can be uh, all fostered wrongfully, but maybe some take it that way. Well, the reformers stated it this way. I, I give you a quote by Wayne Grudel. Simple, straightforward. The perseverance of the saints means that all those who are truly born again, and these are in your notes in the bulletin, uh, it means that saints who are all truly born again will be kept by God's power and will persevere as Christians until the end of their lives. And that only those who persevere unto the end have been truly born again. Do you hear that? Only those, they would state if they wanted to include everything, those who have truly been elected by God to receive his salvation, they will receive it and persevere in their walk with the Lord until the end. They won't turn back. That's what the doctrine of perseverance by reformers, Calvinists, those, they would say that. So, what is often ignored is, other words, if you don't continue, we have no assurance you're saved. And that doesn't matter whether you're a uh, Arminian group or if you're a free will Baptist or a Pentecostal. that says, hey, if you backslide, you're going to hell. Well, what Calvinists would say, if you don't continue, we don't think you had it and lost it. We doubt you ever had it. Because those who truly get it persevere unto the end. I think of Carolyn and I, we were out with some dear Pentecostal friends. We got an 89-year-old aunt here. We were with another 89-year-old woman, 85-year-old sister, all Pentecostal to the bone. Guess what? They don't believe this confounded security, but they just keep persevering because they love it. You can't talk them into going back. Isn't it funny? Go back. Slide a little. Don't want to. And those who are truly saved, now here's the problem. Well, I know someone, you baptize them, they no longer go to church. Does that upset your theology of the security of the believer? No, it just may prove they're not saved. It's easy to be wet and still not be saved. They might be members of this church. I'm convinced we got members that may have slipped in. Who knows? The issue we're talking about 
Do those truly born of God continue with God, or does that mean it doesn't matter? They'll go their way, but they're still secure. Now, there is no security for those who remain in sin. There is no security. And if I'm asked to do the funeral, I'm not going to sprinkle a bunch of grace and say, they've got a big dab of eternal security, even though they got shot in a poker game and they were running the bar. No, no, honey. God changes whom he saves. He changes whom he saves. And if you've not been changed, you haven't been saved. Does that sound like holiness? It ought to be. It ought to be. I don't hear you today. Boy, everybody's quiet because you think, you're trying to say, I don't know where he's going. Nah, that's okay. Carolyn's felt that way for years. Uh, let me read to you some things that uh, Spurgeon said about the doctrine of perseverance or security. Look at it there in the notes. I must confess that the doctrine of the final preservation of the saints was a bait that my soul could not resist. I thought it was a sort of life insurance, an insurance of my character, an insurance of my soul, an insurance of my eternal destiny. I knew that I could not keep myself. But if Christ promised to keep me, then I should be safe forever. And I longed and prayed to find Christ because I knew that if I found him, he would not give me a temporary and trumpery salvation, such as some preach, but eternal life which could never be lost. He went on to say, if anybody could possibly convince me that final perseverance is not a truth of the Bible, I should never preach again, for I feel I should have nothing worth preaching. Imagine, come to Christ. You may not ultimately go to heaven, but you'll, endure, you'll enjoy it while you've got it. But this doesn't guarantee you'll be there. Right? Come on. You've got to track with me. If I preach a gospel that doesn't include your keeping and preservation, I'm saying... Come to Christ. He'll give you eternal life, but I must qualify. You can forfeit it at any time, but it's yours while you've got it. That's what we wind up saying. Come to a Christ that can save you initially, but he may lose you eventually. That's no gospel at all. That's no gospel at all. I'm only saved if I come this morning, but I may be lost by next week because I may sense next week. I may do something wrong next week. I, I've lost it. I grew up on that. Just don't sin before you go to bed tonight, because he may come. Ooh. Man, I was afraid of God catching me smiling in the shower. I thought it might be sin. Everything was wrong. Everything could be a threat. Is that the gospel? Is that the good news? Is this what God's the author of? Well, listen, the that doctrine of the final perseverance of the saints is, I believe, as thoroughly bound up with the standing or falling of the gospel as is the article 
of justification by faith. Give that up, and I see no gospel left. So, persevering in the faith is evidence of being born again. And you read these if passages in the Bible. If you continue, if you this, if don't throw those out, and even you folks that think you're secure, you better take those serious. Uh, because they're evidence that the born again will continue. And they're warnings in Hebrews especially of a first generation that are coming to the church that he's addressing in Hebrews. Some have made profession. Some have been listening to the gospel. They've come to see what they're saying. Some signed up for a while. Some wash out. Some get threatened by their Jewish neighbors, and they go back to the temple. Hey, whatever. He's saying, you must continue, or there's no evidence you're saved. And us security folks play that stuff down. We don't even read it. Oh, it doesn't mean that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews. I'm going to make you break in your Bible today. We're going to look at a few verses. Hebrews 3. Look at verse 6. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house... If we name that we got saved and we're down at Joe's bar. No, we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and are boasting in our hope. We continue. We hold on. We hold on. We're not going back. Look at verse 14. Whoa, look at this verse. You ought to be using that yellow highlighter right now and and reading this when you go home. For we have come to share in Christ if we raise our hand in church and make a profession. If we, we were saved for three months, then we bailed. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Same people are to continue to the end. If you bail out, we have no confidence, no Bible authority for saying you're saved. We just say, you made a start, you made a profession, but you must not have been saved. You know, I can name three places where I got saved. And the fourth one. I got saved in Clovis, California. I thought, we were down there. St. Paul and or the Wileys and everything. In a meeting, I went forward. I was in the altar. I prayed. I, I thought I received Christ. I think I might have been eight, nine years old. Wept a lot of tears and was greatly moved. It lasted about two weeks. I don't know why, but it washed out. Uh, and then I, I got... Let's see where else I got saved. I didn't really get saved, but I went forward. Uh, Berkeley, California. My folks uh, were a part of a little mission on San Pablo Avenue, Berkeley, California. Uh, then I was about fourth grade. I went forward, 
And uh, I cried a lot of tears, and I was as sincere as I knew how to be. Uh, I thought I got saved, lasted about two weeks. Uh, I got saved when I was drowning down in uh, Southern California. David and I were with our cousins in uh, swimming, and I started to drown. And uh, I told the Lord if he spared my life, I'd live for him. That lasted about a week. And he rescued my life. I would have went to hell had I died, but he did spare my life. So there's at least three I know. And, uh, and I would say, because I went to Pentecostal churches at the altar call, were, were, um, they were, it, when I grew up, many of them were overwhelming, e overwhelmingly emotional and the sense of the Spirit of God, you had to work hard not to go forward. They were powerful meetings. Powerful. I ask careless sometimes, what do you miss the most about our Pentecostal background? She said, the convicting work of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> and I would tell myself going to church, Get through the altar call. You're going to have to hold on. Because I knew if I went forward, they'd expect me to straighten out. And I wasn't ready. But I cried a lot. Sincerely, I was moved. They were powerful meetings. I'm not making fun. I hope you hear me. They were powerful meetings. I had to work hard not to go. I'd weep through... We're going to sing today a closing song, Coming Home. And even as I heard the four Curtis and my kids singing it, oh, my, my memory bank was flooded. Those please, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, come home. Woo! You talk about pleading songs. We don't sing any of them. Because we don't love sinners like we used to. They pled for you to come. Moving, moving, but I still didn't get saved. But one Tuesday night, it took. It finally took. The fourth time, took. And I still washed out for a few months, but God wasn't going to let go. He brought me back within six months, and I've been pursuing him ever since. See, you may have gone to the altar 15 times and I got saved, I lost it. No, when you get it, you don't go back. You will continue. You will fail. You will stumble. You have seasons of strain sometimes, of a cold heart and all the ups and downs of life, but you will continue. You will. And that's what he says. If you hold fast, hold that. So when I'm talking to somebody, say, well, I got eternal security. I'm saying, are you continuing? Well, no, I, I'm, I, I don't like the church. Preachers make me mad. And this, they talk about my, I said, are you following Christ? No, but I got it. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're lost and you're deceived. God never makes us secure to stay in sin. He's going to bring you out. He's going to lead you to follow the shepherd. Well, don't want to get too animated. I'm not done. Let's go on. Of all passages that is given, everybody fits is Hebrews 6. Turn to it. You've got to always know Hebrews 6. This is a uh, 
much debated passage. And let me just weigh in, since I'm not going to try to unload and unpackage the whole chapter. Let me just give you the broad overview that we're aware it's in the Bible. And we can't ignore it. He says something in verse 4 that is alarming. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Who are these people? Who are these people that he just described there? Uh, I mean... They, uh, they've been enlightened. They tasted the heavenly gift, shared in the Holy Spirit, tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come. Look back in chapter 2. Ch- chapter 2, what he did for this generation. He says, uh, verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Let me give you the three uh, views. I think I've held all three, so right now I'll tell you the right one. Uh, I I think the most common view is that these are saved people uh, and that they, uh, some say they will not say they just sinned, but they, they fell away, they apostated, they just abandoned the faith. And it's, this is a great falling away, not just a sin, but they just denied the faith. And so, so a believer could apostatize and uh, be ultimately lost. Uh, that would be the view that uh, many would hold that, hey, you can lose it. If you deny this Christ and uh, reject that you know him, uh, then you're lost. A view that I was taught in seminary that sounded good, and I believed it for years, taught it in this church, was the view that begins the passage in 511, that what their problem was is that they had become dull of hearing, and they had ceased to grow in the Christian life. And when you come to 6.1, he's saying, leave the elementary doctrines, and go on to maturity. And so that view says that what they're dealing with is immature believers that are not growing, that are not going on. And so if they should fall away from Christian growth, if they should fall away from uh, 
being in the Word and uh, just Christian growth, uh, the cure for them, it's impossible to renew them again, for them to be saved again. What they need to do is repent, confess, pick up where they left off, where they quit growing, and get back to the Christian life, get back to Christian maturity. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.